Hi guys, welcome to episode three of the Prep Files podcast. You are joined by your hosts, me, Torren Flino, and Amy Dorrell. Today we will be running through Amy's prep. So from her beginnings of her first, well, prep to her first show, um, and then between her first show to her second show. So Amy, welcome. Welcome everybody. Welcome back to episode number three. I can't believe we're already up to number three. So today we'll be going through my comp prep journey and what we had to do to get me to stage. So to give you all a bit of an overview um, as to where I started. So basically I had just moved to Melbourne and started a new job. So I've come from New South Wales, I'd moved to Melbourne and started a new job at Enterprise Fitness, where we are both currently at the moment. So where I started, I was actually thinking about this um, earlier on and I actually can't remember how we started working together. It was easy. One, you started as a stick figure because I know we've looked back at those videos a lot recently and it's like, oh my God, there are no, there's nothing on those legs of yours. And I remember the conversation. I actually, I, I specifically remember it was, I saw you benching 12 and a half. And I'm going, oh, she's pretty strong. She's got, it's got a bit of weight. It's deceiving. Because um, obviously, well, I mean, how much did you weigh at the time? 50, what, 50 kilos. kilos. Yeah. And um, I remember seeing that and going, oh, she can move a bit of weight. And then it was like, hey, Amy, when are we training together? Oh, when do you want? Okay, done. I think it was like, Two or three weeks in? Yeah. And I was like, hey, Amy, you should compete. Okay. It was literally the hardest I had to convince someone. I was like, oh, okay. That was easy. That was easy. And then it was. What's the catch? Oh, well, actually, I think it was, I think from memory, I remember Mark was just like throwing a few things here and there. I was like, oh, yeah, she's got really good insertions and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Pick it up what you're putting down. Yeah. We could, we could be on here. We could be on here. Hmm. And lo and behold, we were. And that was, uh, what, no, when did you get down here? November 2021. And I think, when did we start? I've got it. Your first program, oh, there you go, the 21st of, uh, of November. So not long afterwards, we were just, that was it. We were on. We were straight on. So basically, I remember when I had first started, I had already gone through a bit of a fat loss phase myself. So previously before coming to Enterprise, it was over lockdown. I'd lost about 10 kilos before I'd even started to think about competing. So when I first came to you, I was in a really good spot to basically just build. And obviously for me, I had just come out of a cut. So Jumping straight into a build was a little bit scary, definitely straight off the bat. I remember our first session, you bumped my cows up more than I had in about three months and I was going, okay, we're, we're really doing this now. So I went through a build phase. It was three to four months of building. Yeah, I'm just, so your first one, oh, wow, look at that. Unbelievable. First, your first one was uh, 2,500. So we went, we went from 2,500 calories, that is calories, 2,500 calories, uh, first plan in November, straight up to 2,700. Mind you, your baseline, I calculated about 1650. So I had this feeling and I, I knew just by your body shape and you had that real, the real ectomorph sort of, sort of shape known for you because you're quite lean and you had that athletic background. I was like, she can handle a lot more calories than, than we're letting on. And then we got to 3,000 cows funny because I still remember being hungry I was still hungry at 3,000 calories 
Yeah, that was 3,000 calories and that was 550 grams of carbs. And that was on a training day, non-training day. Oh, wow, this is a delicious. And then you had you had two low days. Your low days were, so your non-training days were 2,000 and your high days were 3,000. So your training days were 3,000. Rest days were uh, 2,000. So for me, that was very scary. I remember I reversed my calories up after I did my own cut. I took it upon myself to do a bit of a cut and just see what I could do. You know, lockdown, there's not a whole lot that we could do. So jumping from I finished my cut and I had worked my food back up to 2,000 calories, a lot slower than what I would have done now. And I remember after that first session, jumping me straight to 2.5 for five days a week, I was shitting it. I was like, here we go. Yeah. I'm going to get big. Lo and behold, I didn't. But, yeah, it was it was scary at the time. And we went through that build phase for about three to four months. I had to build before I went to stage. Like there was nothing on me at the time. I was 50 kilos. As you said, I was a stick. I didn't have the muscle mass there to jump on stage. So we really had to do a good build. Well, that's it as well. And then we spent from November until March. So what's that? Uh, let's say December, January, February, March, or February. So it was at least 12 weeks we spent in a build um, and we were aiming for that winter show and we didn't bring your calories down until the beginning of March. So it gave us uh, roughly about 12 weeks to to get leaner and I think I think you were about 14% on the calibers. So roughly about 10% off stage weight uh, with 12 weeks to go. We used that... Uh, that that winter show as a as a warm up pretty much because I think it was just you just jumped in at sport um, and we we made a plan uh, to be fair I mean we made a long term plan from the get go was okay let's let's start off with sport we'll we'll work you in we'll dominate sport we knew you didn't have the size on you um, to move into fitness and it was okay we'll do sport first and then from there we'll take some time off and then we'll- it just goes to show as well that. We had such a long-term plan because when I came to you, I didn't compete straight away. We built we built my calories up so we were in a really good spot to then diet down. I think a lot of people come in and they haven't spent time building and they haven't got background knowledge when it comes to nutrition and they want to compete straight away. Yeah, and I think it's also a fact of uh, being afraid. You know, like you said, you were shit scared. Like, I just threw in the deep end and it was, let's let's just go. Let's get those calories up. And from there, we're going to go really sit in that surplus and focus on laying down some new tissue, getting strong. And even then, I mean, if, if we look at it from a strength perspective and, you know, having strength is going to be indicative of how much how much muscle tissue you're laying down. I couldn't squat. It was, it, that's right. I mean, your, your first day, I mean, I remember, okay, let's jump onto the bar. Uh, and just warm up with the bar for your squat. And I think you got four reps in it. It was just like you crumbled like a, a sack of potatoes. I was like, oh, we got some work to do here. She can press, but she can't squat. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it, right? I mean, if we look at and, – and that's where we knew that you had good delts from the beginning. Um, it was really a um, – what's the word? It was really one of your strengths. Uh, and lower body was going to be – uh, where we really needed to focus on, and I mean, if we look at your, I mean, looking at your programming, we you jumped straight into low body within January, so you spent a good twelve weeks where we did low body three times a week, really prioritizing those lifts in a surplus, and that's what it's that's what's needed, and that's what the really important bit is. You need to be 
you know, in a surplus, not in a ridiculous, you know, surplus where, oh my God, you're getting big. Oh, yeah, you're just getting fat. It's no, you need to spend quality time in, you don't need to be in a lot of a surplus. You just need to be in enough of a surplus to lay down enough tissue and that you, you are going to put a little bit of body fat, but you don't want to put on too much as well. And obviously, we had laid down some numbers where we go, okay, where are we going to pull back? And and there were times if we look at back back at nutrition and go your nutrition we went to three thousand and then we came back down to two eight and then we came back down to two six and then we went back up and that was just to put the brakes on. I was like okay things are moving a little bit too fast here we probably overshot a little bit and because we were doing those weekly checkings weekly measurements and really making sure that we're measuring um, and keeping an eye on how fast you know your, your skin folds and your weight was progressing. Well, that's the thing. I wouldn't have done that if that was myself. I would not have done that as aggressive as, say, your coach would. So I know that I was shit scared at 2,500 calories. If you had told me I was going to go to 3,000 calories, I never would have done that on my own. I would have been so hesitant. I would have bumped my calories up 100 calories a week, taking it slow. Oh, no, am I getting too fat? Pull back. So having a coach... Like having you as my coach obviously helped through that process a lot. Even though I'm a trainer, I still have those like very hesitant to do it on myself as well. And I think having a coach in a building phase is probably the most important because that's where your body really is made and it thrives. Well, not only that, but it's also it, 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 you need someone there to lay down the, lay down the foundations. And I mean, if, if we jump forward a bit to... I mean, even where, you know, we got after your last comp. So, you know, we jumped forward and I can tell you straight off the bat, I think it was as soon as you got off stage, pretty much as you got off stage, it was it was the next couple of days because I remember I was off work at the time and I laid down your next 12 months of training, what phases, what we need to do, how many sets we need to do. Back to the drawing yeah. board. It was, it was back to the drawing board. It was like, okay, this is what we need to, this is what we need. This is how we're going to do it. And this is how we're going to get there. And we're going to take 12 months off before we compete again. And this is this is what this is what's needed. This is the recipe in order to 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 create the perfect or you know to build the, get the materials to build the perfect house. And that's what we need. We also did from the start. It was like, okay, from the start, it was like, okay, we identified we need to be in a surplus. We identified where your weak points were. And we identified how long at a minimum we were, at a minimum we were going to need. So and that's why having a coach, like you said, is going to be as important you know in the in the building phase and in in the off season as it is in in that prep phase i mean really in the prep well, phase people always say that dieting's hard i reckon building is harder not physically but mentally because to see your body put on fat who wants that like yeah. nobody wants that everyone wants fat loss everyone wants to shred down no one wants to put on, on purpose, body fat, I think having a coach through a build is probably more important because when you're, when you're cutting down, you see results each week, you see change happening. And then to go the opposite way and go, oh, I'm getting bigger, this is good, is a really weird mindset to be in. Well, well, that's, that's it as well. And it's like, you know, I explain this even to, to, to the gen prop clients that we get is that they come in, they want to build, like, oh, I want to get big. It's like, okay, you want to put on lean mass? This is a long-term goal. It takes longer to build a house than it does to knock it down. 
And like fat loss at the end of the day is relatively easy, right? It's just adherence and sticking to maybe creating new habits. Building lean mass is, there's a lot more to it and there's a lot more nuance to it and it's a lot more costly on the body to build lean mass and you need to actually give it a reason. Like at the same time as you can't just train, like you got to train. Why doesn't want to put on muscle? Well, that's it. You need to train with intensity. You need to train with purpose. You need to train towards proximal failure, not just once, not just twice, all the fucking time. And nutrition and sleep. Correct. And you've got to sleep because if you're not sleeping, you're not recovering, you're not going to release. The, and if you even you know, sleep cycles, you know, if you're drinking too much alcohol in your off season, then you automatically miss that deep sleep. Uh, that sorry that REM sleep cycle and it automatically uh, lowers the amount of growth hormone that is released during sleep. Therefore, you're not going to sleep as much or have as great a quality of sleep. And I feel like yes, fat loss. At the end of the day, with fat loss, it's calories in, calories out. How you where you pull those calories from is going to determine where you lose the weight from, right? But with 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 hypertrophy and building muscle, it's going to be so much of a nuance like you need to get a lot right and a lot of ducks in a row in order to make your body want to build that lean mass people overestimate how much muscle they can put on like realistically putting on muscle around about one percent of your body weight per month which is nothing it's nothing right if you're 50 kilos that's 500 grams a month exactly the, uh, you did the maths for me. I was pulling out the calculator, getting ready to work mine. You out. know I like numbers. Let's come on. But but there you go. You're yeah. You're a lot quicker at it. So uh, not only that, but I think people will definitely overestimate how much lean mass they do have. It's so easy to say, oh, I put on a kilo. Look, I put on a kilo of muscle. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's also because you had. You know, you've been eating later that week, so therefore you've got a lot more undigested food sitting in your system or your, your food went up the week before and your body hasn't adapted to that increase in food volume. You know, there's a number of reasons as to why your weight goes up and 100, 101 of those reasons as to why it's not actually lean mass, it's just... Could be a number of things. Could be could be body fat, you know, just because you had, oh, I'm, I'm building now, I'm training, I'm in my off season and I'm just going to go and eat whatever the hell I want doesn't really work like that yeah you'll get some lean mass but the body can only put on so much at a time well that's it and it, it could be something as you switched up you know your source of uh, carbohydrates or whatever or you've increased your sodium because you've increased carbohydrates bad sleep and then you've started drinking more water that's it as well bad sleep and this is where you want to look for trends as well and i can tell you this is and this is where weight you know we need to look at an average because you know i can tell you every saturday when i don't wake up at 4 a.m., my weight drops. If I'm in a deficit, my weight drops. Generally, even if I'm a baseline, my weight drops. Come Monday morning, and then it drops again on Sunday. Come Monday morning, when I'm back to roughly six hours of sleep, my weight would my weight will jump up. Yeah. My lowest check-ins were Sunday because I didn't have to wake up for work. I got a bit more of a sleep in, and I was a bit more relaxed. And I think throughout my build as well, I would have weight spikes, just like we were saying. My weight would spike up randomly a kilo. And if I didn't have a coach, I'd see that and I'd freak out. 
I'd go, oh, no, we've gone too high. I need to pull back. Okay, let's cut the calories. And obviously it wasn't body fat. I was eating the same thing as I always was. It was, it could have been a number of different factors, but to have that person in your corner to say, no, keep on plan. Everything will come back down. Don't stress is something that everyone I think needs, because if that was me, I would have pulled myself back and I would have pulled myself out of it. Now, all of a sudden I'm back in a cut when I should be building. I think that's just the majority of what my coaching for you is. Shh, just, it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's always just a tap on the, it's like, it's okay. Just relax. We got this. It's okay. And I, and I do the same for my clients as well. <laughs> well, 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 that's it. Uh, and I mean, I do the same thing with my coach. I mean, I'll be like, hey man, just send you a message. What are we doing? It's like, eh. and it's just, the response is just so calm. It's like, oh, okay. I won't stress anymore. I feel better now. But we di- we digress. So going back, I mean, we spent three months. Yeah, I de- ideally we'd like longer, but again, I do wanted to jump. I wanted to jump on stage and see where I was at because your first comp that you do is never going to be the best. It's a base and I wanted this to be a future thing. I'm not just doing it once to get on stage. I wanted to go back and do it again. So for us, four months of building gave us a good idea of to see, one, what I could build to how high I could get my food and how my body would respond. And three, it gave us a really good space to then start prep. I wasn't just eating, you know, 1,200 calories before I started my prep. I had built myself up to 3,000. I was comfortable. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't food focused. And I was in a really good space physically and mentally as well to then start a prep. So we started my prep in... January? And I'm looking at it here. Your first deficit wasn't till March. Wow. There you go. I started dieting in March. My first comp was July and my second comp was then October. So straight off the bat, I first week of prep, what did we do? What did we do from a nutrition standpoint? You went straight down to 1800. So we went straight down to 1800. And if you look at it, you were still on. And why? Why? So... The reason behind that was, so, I mean, obviously at 3,000, you know, if we look at technically speaking, you were, I mean, oh, in a 100% surplus, 100%. So your baseline your, your baseline was, obviously it, it did change as your weight went up, um, but your baseline was still around that 1,800 mark. So first thing we did was bring you straight back down to your predicted baseline um, and maintenance, and we, we just had a look where you sat. So that was to see where you went and you still had a training day and non-training day. And that's where we had a bit of a switch where your rest days then moved into your high days. So to help with recovery and your training day then moved into a bit more of a deficit. So we were straight down to predicted maintenance. We sat there for... So we sat there for two weeks, had a look, um, and then we moved into a three-day split. So you had a high, medium and low day. So your high day, if I remember correctly... Seems like so long ago. It's crazy. Well, it's it's over a year ago now. So your high day, and this is this is something I, I have done um, a quite a lot. Where high day will be around. So you're in a deficit overall, but your high day was based around your lower body days, and your medium day was on your rest day, and your low day was on your upper body day. So we're just prioritizing high days around your lower body days to help with not only performance, but also to prevent the breakdown 
Um, so you have enough amino acids and energy flowing. And side note, my body doesn't hold muscle very well. I have to work very hard to build it and my body loses it mm. very fast. So I need to train hard and eat food around my training. Yeah, and that's and that's where so the high days were centered around the lower body days to prevent that tissue breakdown. So what because what tends to happen is let's say you don't have enough available building blocks and you're trying to build up your delts, but you are at a deficit, what can tend to happen is especially on those on those days, if let's say you're trying to build your delts, your body might take, or let's say you do leg day, right? And you don't have enough available. Your body might take amino acids or building blocks from your delts and put it on your leg day to help rebuild your quads. So basically we were trying to avoid that and keep uh, making sure that you had adequate nutrition around your lower body days because we didn't want to lose what we had or what we had built. And then from there- And to train hard as well. And also to train hard because, you know, we know I'm not going to sugarcoat those leg days. I mean, they're brutal. Yeah, definitely a bit of volume on those lower body days. Oof. I'll never forget. And that's where you know we looked at. You know, we had things like intensifiers, really making sure that we're going to failure. So we were started my prep. We went straight to predictive maintenance. We then dropped my calories down from there. We then dropped your calories down to. So you had a low day of sixteen hundred, a medium day of two thousand, and a high day of twenty seven hundred. And we stuck there for. We stuck there for another two weeks. So we moved roughly every two weeks because we find I find that two weeks is an adequate amount of time. Sometimes that one week isn't enough to see enough uh, some some changes on a nutritional standpoint. That's where prep is very catered to you as well, right? Depending on how your body responds, because if you're responding very fast and everything is tracking well, there's no reason to change what you're doing. But if something isn't working. Again, we have that deadline, so we need to make changes to then get back on track. Correct. But at the same time, you this is where it comes down to the art of coaching as well and not making changes too quickly and not pulling the trigger. It's like, okay. But the, give the body a chance to respond. Exactly. And that's and this is where we worked on mostly a weekly, a weekly looked at your weekly baseline and then made sure you were in a deficit throughout the week because you still had your high, medium and low days. And that pretty much stuck around the same uh, for quite a bit. I think we, about four or five weeks in, we sort of kept, I know I was dropping at a fairly consistent rate. So we sort of kept our nutrition pretty much the same for quite some time. We were getting good results. Things were dropping down nicely. So we had no reason to change it up. Yeah. Well, I've had to just move. I've had to switch it because then you, you cause we went from meal plans to, to macro tracking. So, I mean, if we look at it then on average, your calories were, I mean, still 2,500 uh, throughout the start of April. And then we dropped down to about 1,700, 16. It's really interesting. I mean, your first prep back up to 2,000, your first prep, you, you actually prepped relatively well um, up until, I mean, 1,500 in, in May. So if we look at May, we're probably about six weeks out now. And that's when we dropped down to about 1,500. And your weight's... It's dropping fairly consistent and right up until show day. Yeah, you were dropping about six to 700 grams a week. So things were moving really consistent at that time. It wasn't until we got down to the last couple of kilos that things really didn't move and we had to grind that little bit harder. Well, if you actually, if you look, uh, Winter Champs, second of the seventh. We did the first show. 
and we did, we went for sports. I knew that the idea I'd love to compete in fitness, but we just didn't have enough lean mass or muscle mass there to compete in fitness. So we used the July winter show here in Melbourne as a bit of a warm up just to see where I would fit and what category would best suit. So we decided leading into comp that sports was going to be a good introduction to me competing. We competed in sports in July and got feedback from the judges. We could see what they were looking for and what they wanted leading into season B. And I didn't have the size there to do fitness for season B. So we purely went for conditioning. No, you you didn't actually get any. Did you get feedback from that show? We sort of went off what the, you know, who placed and what the judges were looking for. And it was it was a smaller show, so we did use it a bit of, as a bit of a warm up, um, and just to see where we sat in comparison to where everyone else was. Well, as a coach, you can sort of see as well, even though if you don't get feedback on the day, you can see what the judges are looking for in the crowd. Like from the crowd looking at the stage, you can see where the judges are rewarding. Are they rewarding conditioning? Are they rewarding size? So you kind of get a pretty good idea without getting physical feedback of what you need to do to improve. And as a coach, it's our job to do that. It's our job to look at the stage, read what the judges are looking for, and then go back and execute that with your clients. Correct. And that's and that's where you want to, one, either well, your coach should ideally be there if they are local especially um, but you want to have that eye and make sure you can see what what is needed and, and we need to improve on and it, it could be something as much as you know improving from your first lineup to your last lineup of the day where it's just nerves and maybe a tweak in posing or maybe they just need to pump up a little bit more so it doesn't necessarily mean like obviously there's the big things where you need to come in more conditioned or you need to have a bit more of an X-frame or you need to build more glutes, et cetera. There are those long-term targets that you need to do and goals, uh, but you also need to just look on a on a lineup by lineup basis and go, okay, you know what? This is what this person did and this is what you didn't do you know, with your posing and this is what... At the end of the day, it's a subjective sport. So... Depends on who shows up on the day. If majority of the lineup is super lean and conditioned, they're going to go for a more conditioned look. If they have everyone turn up and they're very soft but they're big, well, they're going to go for size. And that's where, you know, you you hear a lot of people complain and it's like, well, I mean, at the end of the day, the judges can only judge what's in front of them. And what are you going to do? Oh, none of these people really match the criteria. So you just got to... But someone's got to win. Exactly. So, and you, you just got to be dealt with the best of the day. So tell us a bit about how you went on that first, on that, on that comp day. So that winter show. Yeah. So the winter show was, it was a smaller show. So I didn't feel as nervous. You could say, I knew that it was our warm up, and knew we weren't in to in the best condition that we could get, but I was looking at more so as a, okay, let's get the nerves out. Let's get on stage. Let's see what it's like. And then I can go back and refine for the second show. So I didn't go in it with any expectations. There were no expectations from me. There wasn't really any expectations from like you as a coach or anything. We just wanted to see where we were at and how we would do in a lineup. So when I finished that show, I, I mean, 
probably like most people that compete, you kind of get that competing high and you just, you can't wait to get on stage again. After you do that first lineup, you're like, okay, I'm ready to go now. The nerves have kind of disappeared and I'm ready to go. So after that first show, I was more motivated and had more drive than ever for season B that year. What were your nerves like from, do you remember what it was like from that first lineup to that last lineup? I was shaking like no tomorrow. I think like every competitor, we're all sitting next to each other and we are just like, just don't fall over. Whatever you do, stay upright, absolutely shaking. You, you, like, you're on stage in a bikini. You're really exposed. There's no hiding. So everyone's nervous. Everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's very friendly behind stage as well because, you know, we're all – we might be so focused on what we're doing, but we're all in the same boat and we're all just as nervous as each other. So definitely after the first lineup, you kind of go, all right, I know what I'm doing now. I can walk straight. I'm not going to trip over and fall on my face. I'm okay. I'm ready to go again. Well, you weren't even in heels for that show either. No, I was in runners and I was shaking like no tomorrow. So and we, so we finished that one and then... Back to the drawing board. Correct. The question is then: Were you, were you happy with what? What do you? What were you happy about? And what were you? Do you feel like could have been done better after that first show? I'm glad I did that first show because it really gave me an insight as to what build bodybuilding was even like. I didn't really have a background, or I hadn't really been to many shows previously, so I didn't really know what to expect. So it gave me a good insight leading into season B. Do I think we were in the best condition? No, I am a competitive person. So for me, I wanted to win and obviously I didn't. So that gave me more drive than ever to then come back better. I think not winning that show was like, okay, well, I didn't win. What do we need to do now to make those improvements for the next season? And do you feel like there were many hurdles that we you had to overcome in that in, in prepping for that first show to be fair my first show i look back on it now and even at the time it wasn't a hard prep i remember so many times throughout the prep saying to you so when are you going to like push me down when are we going to grind a bit harder and you're like man we don't need to just just relax yeah you're dropping nearly a kilo a week let's just calm down mate and i'm like no 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 let's go this should be hard this this i should be feeling like absolute horrible right now and I wasn't so in hindsight the prep because we've had that good starting point I suppose it I mean it's not to say that just because I got to 3,000 calories I'm not going to have to diet on you know 1,300 1,500 calories you just never know how your body's going to respond but it definitely gave me a good starting point and because I had already done a fat loss phase before as well, I knew what I was in for. I knew how to diet. I knew what to expect. It wasn't unknown territory for me. Mm. And yeah, which which makes things a lot of easy, a lot a hell of a lot easier. So you finished that show, got off stage, tried to get half your ten off, um, and then we went back to the drawing board. And what was what was your plans? Because I know, I know what we said. We we set out a goal and we, we sat down, I think it was a couple of days later, and we knew pretty much what we had to do. Um, and what did you feel like we needed to do? And then what did we end up doing? Yeah, so I knew when we finished that show, I knew that we needed to get leaner. 
And I knew that we had a very decent amount of time to do so. So as soon as we got off stage, I was ready to go. I was like, okay, bring on the deficit, bring on the the extremes. I'm ready for it. Well, I was expecting it. Um, and I knew that we had to make improvements. I knew that I had about three to four kilos to go between now and that next show. I could tell. And I really wanted to jump on stage in heels as well. So I wasn't ready for fitness, but I knew that if we got absolutely shredded, I could do bikini. So I thought, why not? It's probably not a category that I will compete in again. I mean, I'd never say never, but I am striving towards that fitness goal. So it was a chance to jump on stage. The goal was obviously the goal being fitness and it was, you know, if you get any bigger, then you're not going to fit in that bikini category again, not in a natural federation anyway, well, not in a, a tested federation anyway. So it was like, well. I was walking a fine line. Yeah, do it once and let's just get it done because we hoped that there wasn't going to be a need for you to be in that category again because in the end we were going to build enough lean mass that you just were going to outgrow that category, so to speak. Correct. And so we basically that 12 weeks between the shows we dieted down got as lean as we could for that season b i entered into bikini and we sort of knew going into bikini that i was probably actually a little bit too shredded <laughs> going in we went from one extreme to the next i don't actually think i could have got any leaner at that point no, in time no honestly you know what i don't apologize and and to be fair i haven't looked at this for a while, for a long time uh, for eight year numbers, and I'm looking back at it now, and you know what the funny thing is, is that you actually didn't go into that much of a deficit. Like you were sitting at 50 kilos and what 1,200 calories, and I mean, if we look at that, you go, you go, like you were only, you know, where is it, 1,200 divided by? Like you were only in a 30 percent deficit, 25 to 30 percent. So you didn't even diet that much and you ended up coming in stage at, at what, 46 kilos? Yeah, jumped on stage at 46 kilos. I have never been that weight like recorded in my life. Six kilos you lost from your first comp to the next comp in, in 12 weeks. It was definitely the best condition I have ever been in in my entire life. And even though my feedback was, well, my feedback was good to be fair. I, I was very happy with it. I was Posing was great. Physique was great. It was ideally go off and build and come back and go into fitness was my was my feedback. And for me, that's that's all I wanted. I wanted to go into that competition in the best condition that I had ever been in, knowing that next time I jump on stage, I'm going to be better. That show as well, that was the the Victorian Championships. And that was a an absolutely huge show. I mean, we finished it, I think it was nearly midnight um, in that last bikini lineup. So you went into probably the most competitive show of the year. Um, and it was, uh, you know, we had the goal. It was like, okay, we know we're gonna not going to be not going to be able to put on any more size within that 12-week period. So let's let's head, let's hit for conditioning. If we can't win on size, we're going to win on conditioning. And it just so happened that, you know, you're probably one of the leanest there within both bikini and sports categories. And unfortunately, you know, given with what you know, the, the competitors that turned up on a day, it, it didn't work in in our favor. And, you know, me as a coach, I'll say it every time, I don't regret 
getting you that lean or helping you get that lean. I would have rather you come in too conditioned than not conditioned enough. And and I and yeah, I, I have that that mindset with with everybody. I would rather have somebody too conditioned than not conditioned enough because at the end of the day, I don't want to be as a coach say that I didn't leave any stone unturned and I didn't push hard enough um, for the client and I didn't help them achieve what they needed to achieve. The goal of competing for most people is to get into the best condition they've ever been in. So coming into conditioned in my eyes is probably one of the better ways to do it. I'd rather come into conditioned than, as you said, too soft, knowing that I should have lost another couple of kilos after going through what you go through in a prep is it's almost a little bit more deflating. The fact that I came back with two conditioned was, oh, okay, sweet. I will go back and I'll build and I'll come in bigger and better and I'll level up. There was no, oh, I should have gotten a bit softer. I should have put on a couple of kilos. Not not at all. And how do you how do you feel about that last comp during, after, and you know, once the dust settled? Yeah, so transitioning out of comp, obviously I had the goal to compete again. So my mind was straight on to, I remember the day we competed, I messaged you saying, all right, what's next? And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You haven't even gotten home yet. Just just chill for a second. I was pretty ready to go. I was like, hey, let's set the dates for our next comp. Let's build. And you you took that as well and came back with a plan for me, a 12-month plan of what phases we're going to go through, what we need to build and what we need to improve on. And for me, that definitely helped set my mind on the off season because coming out of comp, you're so focused on the day and it comes and goes so quickly that if you're just competing for the day and to get in the bikini and get on stage, it kind of wears in pretty quickly and you get to the comp day and then it's gone and you go, okay, well, what now? And it's very easy to get lost in that cycle. So having that 12-month plan really gave me good direction on, okay, now what's next? Yeah, and that's it. And that's looking at, and that's having that comp, uh, you know, as a, as more of a pit stop rather than an end goal. Um, and we'd already set the new goals before we'd even reached that comp date. So tell us, tell everyone, where are you at now? What's next? And we'll, we'll finish up on that. Let's finish up on where Amy's at now. Uh, and what what's changed and what's improved since last comp and where to? Yeah, so from there, we have been building ever since. So I got off stage 2022, October, and it's now well and truly midway through 2023. I do have the goal to compete next year in 2024. So we have done a solid eight months of building, which is double what it was last time. So we should be putting on some decent size now. Strength has just gone through the roof. You do lose um, a little bit of that training drive throughout your prep. I've definitely gained that back now post-comp with a bit of body fat, a bit of extra food and some hard training. So we've been building now for eight months. We do have the goal of competing season A next year. So I am just starting a bit of a pre-prep phase now, bringing down some body fat that we have accumulated over the eight months. And hopefully we will see some decent size coming through over the next couple of months. It'll give us a good idea of where I'm sitting 
and what competition I decide to enter in in 2024. Exactly. Absolutely. And the goal, I mean, if we look at it, I mean, you stepped on stage at 46 kilos. So, you know, if we can, if you can get on stage at 48, 49, I mean, 50 would be the dream. But if you can get on stage at 48, 49, then we've had a really successful build. I've done my job. Amy's done her job. And, you know, that's that's all we can really ask for at the end of the day. I mean, it's like getting your your, your last frame and slapping an extra three kilos of chicken breast all over it. And that is huge. Yeah, yeah. And and it means we've done a successful build and and, and the plan that we laid out, you know, was was not only well planned, but also well executed. And that's the thing. It's a, a plan is only as good as it, as it is executed. So that will leave us a good idea and give people a good idea on just where you're at, where you've where you've come from and where you're going to uh, as well, Amy, and just give people an idea on, on how they need to think about their comp prep. I think to end off on a little side note is that a comp prep, it is a long journey. So don't ever think of it as a 12-week transformation or a 20-week transformation. It is somewhat a lifestyle. And if you're going to do it be ready for the long game because it's not a short-term fix turnaround and it's a long journey and it's an enjoyable one. You go through phases, you build, you cut, you really push your body to places that you never thought that you could. And at the end of the day, it's rewarded by jumping on stage in a bikini and heels and showing it off. Or board shorts or, or Euro trunks for the, for the boys. So same thing. Well, they, they can always put heels on if they want, but hey. I don't know if there's categories for that yet, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's, never say I, never. Actually, I think there is. I think there is. But we'll leave it there because, yeah, that could just send us on a whole new tangent. We're going to leave that there. So, Amy, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Amy Dorrell. You can also find me down. I am a trainer at Enterprise Fitness on 381 Swan Street, Richmond. Fantastic. And you can find me on Instagram at coach underscore Folino. That's F-O-L-I-N-O. Don't ask Amy because she doesn't know how to pronounce it, alone spell my name. Uh, you can also find me at Enterprise Fitness 381 Swan Street. Guys, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and also Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe as well, please. Um, you can also find us, Amy, what's our uh, what's our Instagram handle? So at the Prep Files podcast on Instagram, if you have any questions, do head over there, give us a follow, send any questions you have our way. We will answer in upcoming episodes. We look forward to seeing you guys in future episodes. Amazing. Speak to you soon, guys. See you soon, Amy. Goodbye.